The following podcast is presented by Ensign Services, Inc., a company engaged in the business of providing contracted for administrative and back office type support services to post-acute healthcare clients. Ensign Services provides accounting, human resources, compliance, legal, risk management, information technology, training, construction support, and other such miscellaneous services to its clients. These contracted for services are available to be utilized at the sole discretion of its clients. References within the podcast to the company and its activities, as well as the use of the terms we, us, its, our, and similar terms used during the discussion are not meant to imply that Ensign Services, Inc. or the Ensign Group, Inc. has any direct operational control, supervision, or direction of the independently operated post-acute healthcare entities. Jesse Kim, I am so excited to have you here for a podcast. And I know you're thrilled too, aren't you? <laughs> Very <No>? thrilled. <laughs> Thanks for having me. You're like, play. oh, there's something I wanted to do today. It's come record a podcast with Clay. Well, I'm here to make all of your dreams come true. <laughs> so Jesse, uh, Jesse is an operator. I mean, I guess I should tell your whole story. You were a kindergartner that became an executive director. <laughs> And now you're a, a resource in Southern California, right? You're a market leader yeah. in, here in Southern California. What's the name of your market? Momentum. Momentum. That's right. So I, I'm going to talk to Jesse. The The podcast today is going to be on kind of turning around stale operations. And we feel like this is an important topic because about 90 to 95% of our acquisitions are what are called LDAs. They're, they're less desirable assets. They're, they're organizations that are not self-sustaining. They're struggling. And it requires a real turnaround, right? I mean, they're not facilities that are doing well, I guess yeah. is the the right way to say it. And so uh, we need to know how to be turnaround experts. And and I, I know, Jesse, you've been involved in a lot of these turnarounds. And obviously in this 30 minutes or whatever this takes that we have together, we're not going to be able to, you know, cover everything that it takes to, to turn around an operation. But maybe we can really pick sort of three to four key principles and practices, right, that others can remember. So let's start with with rule number one from good to great. And and I, hopefully we're all familiar with this. Uh, and it's a principle that we're told if we don't get right, all the other principles don't really matter. And that is, you know, talk to us about getting the right people on the right seats or in the right seats on the bus. Well, first off, Clay, thanks for the introduction. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I, I, I just had to put this plug in. Um, I listen to these podcasts with my wife in the car, so oh, now I can't. So now I can't play this one. <laughs> so, but, She's gonna love this, man. Yeah. This is gonna rock her world. Anyways, so going back to what you asked about the principle and good to great about getting the right people on the bus, I often see leaders, um, they come in on fire and they make changes, yeah. um, especially the more experienced EDs. Uh, I really think leaders need to come in and they just need to spend time listening excessively. Um, they need to come in, assess the team tactfully, especially at the beginning, because that's the most important part. But yeah. I think this is the part we get wrong a lot of the times. So so almost coming in too much on fire, you're saying, and the, I, I know how to be a leader and I know how my other operations were successful. Mm -hmm. And you're saying just come in and focus and yes. listen. Yes, absolutely. And I, I think you discussed this in your podcast called The First 100 Days of the yeah. COO when you interviewed Tony Sandoval. Yeah. Um, Long he, time ago. Yeah. And uh, he said he comes in and just listens for weeks, right? Yeah. Um, your team needs to feel heard to have that buy-in, um, and they need to feel understood. Yeah. I 
honestly, this was probably a mistake that I would make in in coming in in operations because I'd say, okay, we're going to do this and this is how we're going to be better. And I think I've confessed enough that I'm not a great listener and that I need to become a, a better listener. I, I do love the listening tour idea. Your job as the leader is to ask the right questions and then make sure that they feel understood, right? Yes. But, but you said that you need to be assessing them. So that's – people say this all the time. I like to come in and assess my people, but I, I want to know what advice you give a new leader on – on how to assess the team, right? I mean, are you, are you just staring at them as they walk by? I mean, what? <laughs> some might say I assess them for culture, but I keep going back to the question of how, how do I know if they're the right culture? Yeah. Well, the answer is simple. Oh, um, good. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's not stare at them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let me scratch that yeah. out. Don't <laughs> but, stare. Uh, but uh, I make sure I'm very clear on what our mission is. Yeah. Um, and I live and breathe and repeat our flag goals and our core values and expectations and all of that. And I see how they respond. So I continually, continually drive those um, three things that I just mentioned yeah. over and over again. Um, and if they get if they're comfortable with it, then you sort of know that they're they're yes. they're gelling with this. Some yes. of them will be uncomfortable. I, I, I like that answer because I feel like when we're extremely clear on expectations, when when we're when we spell out this is what I'm expecting us to do, then accountability is easy. I, I remember talking to a leader, I was actually a leader in, in Southern California. This was a couple of years ago, but I think it was in your market, the the Santa Ana uh facility the off the, the hills. The yeah. Hills. Yeah. Yeah. And I was talking to him and he and he was very exhausted and and kind of trying to get and I said, look, you you're kind of like a a I don't know if I should say that you're kind of like a 500 pound man that wants to run a marathon, mm-hmm. right? And 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 you're saying, look, you know, you've got to start eating right and you've got to start uh, exercising and and waking up early and doing all these things. And you're seeing little results at first. And, and you know, that's a lot of work to get there. So with a team, it's almost like saying to the team, hey, this facility is going to run a marathon. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I'm saying this uh, symbolically, this team is going to fly the flag. This is what it requires to fly the flag. We're going to wake up. We're going to eat healthy. We're going to exercise this amount. Mm -hmm. And whoever wants to run this marathon with us can. Absolutely. And so when you've been really clear on what the expectations are, you find out who's in and who isn't in. If the person's constantly, man, this is baloney. I'm sick of eating these vegetables and I'm, (laughs) I'm sick of doing these morning runs. When we're crystal clear on the expectations, assessing people becomes so much easier. All right. So so one of the leadership principles I loved, it, it comes from Jim Collins, good to great again. And he says that a level five leader does three things really well. One, we talked about this, getting the right people in the right seats on the bus. That You have to do that well, right? And that's clear and turning around an operation. Two, you've got to be good at creating a culture of uh, – or, or asking the right questions, excuse mm-hmm. me. And then three, creating a culture of debate, sort of that psychological safety where, where people feel free to speak up. So maybe talk to us a little bit about leading by questions. And I think some people think that when a leader comes in, they just need to bark better orders. And here we're saying, no, 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 you need to ask better questions. So what does that mean? Absolutely. So, I, I mean, like you said, if we come in and we bark 
better orders. Yeah. We're just going to be New like sheriff in town. <laughs> yeah, it's just another it's just another organization, right? But yeah. we're different. Um, I think leading by questions is a crucial part of transferring psychological ownership to the team. Yeah. Um, if they keep coming to you and asking, "Can I do this?" or "Should we do that?" Then they don't see, you get that a lot where people are coming because it's okay. Can I can I buy this? Yeah. Can I do that? And you're saying that's not good. That's not good. And I okay. and I really don't like it when my team does. And I'm very yeah. clear with them <laughs> that I don't like it because then they're seeing you as the owner, right? And yeah, and, seeing, and they just want you to make a command. Yeah, like just bark an order and I'll follow you. And that's not how we're going to be successful, yeah. right? And that's not how we're going to be continually being successful. If everybody's waiting for Jesse Kim to make the command, yeah, this company's going to be going in the wrong direction. Action, yeah. Right. Um, but if you learn to ask, what is it that we're trying to accomplish? Right. How do you think we can best accomplish this? Who else do you think would be good to counsel with? Then you're now transferring ownership to them. Um, it allows them to develop their critical thinking skills, also um, figure things out for themselves. And they probably don't like that at first. Well, probably annoys them, right? Because yeah, they just want you to be the solution. Of course, a lot of problem. times they do, right? Yeah. But it's part of the journey of figuring out the answer that helps with growth, right? Yeah. Um, now they, in that case, will be the owner of the solution, yeah. right? And if it goes well, you celebrate with them. If it doesn't, then you go back with them, train them, and mm. walk them through the process again. Um, but ultimately, you want them to own it, right? They yeah. Be, they, so that... When we have successes, it's not Jesse or Clay's success, right? It's their success, right? Um, and they then develop the want to challenge uh, their responses when yeah, you think so they can wrong, like right? challenge each other, yeah. and I, I think you challenge them. And I, I, I've realized that that I made this mistake a lot. I, in fact, I realized it when I was operating a facility, and we had a big issue came up, and I went to like calm down the employees. And they were calm. And I realized they were worried about me because Clay was in trouble. And I'm like, wait a second. You guys think this is my facility. I've not transferred any psychological <laughs> ownership to anybody. And that's when I realized I was a command and control leader. Mm -hmm. And and I, I, you probably see this too. There's a difference in facilities where everyone seems to work for the executive director versus they seem to be working because they want to achieve a goal. Right. I mean, I don't. I don't know what. What sports did you play? Were you? Were you a? Uh, what did you play any sports uh, in high school well, or anything I, I like that? Individual sport. I did you played individual. Oh, taekwondo. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, so you know, I, I mean, I played basketball, and I, I think there's a difference between doing something because the coach wants you to do it, and doing it because you want to win the game and you want to get those high scores. And I'm not trying to please somebody. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm trying to win. And and when you transfer that psychological ownership, I I just changes. And you you know those facilities. You probably can think of CNAs and housekeepers right now that they work because because it's their facility and they have a pride in that facility. They don't work because the ED told them to work, right? So um Help, what what examples like I I know you've worked with a lot of leaders and you've talked to me in the past about some examples that you've learned this from so maybe talk to me about a few of those perfect um, well so first and foremost I want to talk about David Howell so David Howell has taught me by let's make sure he doesn't listen to this because I don't want this to go to his head okay? <laughs> yeah well, I won't announce this well, to him yeah definitely yeah. but uh, yeah David Howell taught me a lot about this yeah um, over the years David has built a team of leaders that truly believe that Brookfield and Rose Villa are their homes mm -hmm. if you go to both those facilities now it 
is night and day from when the buildings were initially acquired. Yeah. And yeah. do you know who the first administrator of both those buildings was? That was me. Oh. Yeah. So so <laughs> I, I had a couple months there. Well, no wonder. Because like, yeah, uh, no, you were just staring at your employees. I was, no, it was, <laughs> yeah. I, know, I was doing it wrong. And it is amazing to uh, see that ownership that they have. Yeah. There is a pride in those facilities that, you know, not 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 the newest buildings in the world no. and all these things, but they just have such a pride anyway. I yeah. mean, to cut you out, I had to give that little... Statistical feel <laughs> to yeah. know where yeah. we came from. So how did he do that? Yeah, well, yeah. he did this by, again, establishing the vision um, that mm-hmm. every resident would be their honored guest. So mm. at Brookfield, you go and they even have shirts that says, be our honored guest. They mention that to their residents, right? They breathe this to life. It's like the okay. Disney philosophy. Oh, it is. Yeah. It is. They drew from that. <laughs> yeah. And actually on David's desk, he has books. The book, yeah, be our the, guest. Be our guest, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but first, he methodically built his team, right? The right mm-hmm. people on the bus, the concept we discussed. Um, David did exactly what was said before and did not come into this failing operation firing everybody. Okay. okay. That's probably good. It, yes. Yeah. And, and he did the same at Rose Villa, which he took on you know, years down the line after yeah. Brookfield. But he took the time to assess every individual before making the decision. This allowed for the people to have time to rally around the vision of the facility. Right? That probably matters, right? They need, like at first, we probably sound like we're giving these empty sales pitches. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have to demonstrate that it's real, I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah, okay. And Sorry. build that trust, right? Yeah. yeah, so thanks for touching up on that. Um, second, he ensured that he fortified the facility vision through incentive plans and department head team VHAGs, right? Okay. So, I mean, we also have our VHAGs and targets, right? Um, but so he wanted to transcend that to his team. So these plans were built on measurable metrics that were very self-driven. Again, the same concept we discussed before, where it's not, uh, you being the answer all for everything. Right. So now we're using, uh, measurable metrics that they have the power and ability. And if they hit those metrics, they're rewarded for hitting those metrics. It's very clear to them. Yes. Yeah. I, I love that. Yes. Um, two books that teach these principles very well are The Advantage and Five Dysfunctions of a Team. So if you haven't read these books or heard the many podcasts That's on these books. right. Episode, episode 50 on the podcast is yeah. The Advantage. And I went to look this up when I saw... Uh, and then episode 11 uh, is is The Five Dysfunctions. So that's like an old school. And I, I do... Uh, I, I love both of those books. I mean, I really like li- the Patrick Lencioni books. And yes. obviously, if you've listened to this, you've you've heard me quote him a lot. Um, but let's and let's dig into these. Let's let's start with the five dysfunctions. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll kind of walk us through that and then get to my question. So, so you have to build a team willing to be vulnerable each to with each other mm-hmm. so that they can trust each other, right? Mm-hmm. We've got to be real. If I yes. if I'm fake with you, I act a certain way and you're thinking, okay, what does Clay really mean about that? So be vulnerable so that you trust each other. If you trust each other enough, you'll speak up and be transparent in your meetings. Mm-hmm. You'll have good, healthy conflict. Again, what's healthy conflict? Healthy conflict is the passionate pursuit of truth, void of ego. Mm-hmm. When that's we should all we need more healthy conflict. Now, when people weigh in, when people speak up, they buy in. And because they buy in, they're more committed, right? And and when they're more committed, now we've got the players on the basketball team that are willing to grab each other by the jersey and mm-hmm. they're willing to hold each other accountable and say, "I need you to be in your spot." Because we're down by three mm-hmm. and we've got to pick this up, right? They know the score. They know what they're trying to achieve. And now they're yes. willing to hold each other accountable. And then everyone starts caring about results rather than just politics or does the boss like me or, 
It doesn't really matter what the ED thinks. Mm -hmm. They want to achieve those results. So which of these, I mean, I, boy, I talked a lot there. What, what do you focus on here then when, when turning around an operation? I focus on exactly what you just said. Um, I work to build a team that has a foundation of trust and can keep each other accountable through meaningful conflict. But it has to go in that order, right? Um, yeah. You need to have trust before you could have meaningful conflict. Otherwise, it just it becomes conflict. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's true. Um, this is so important as without the ability to do this um, as a team, uh, your results are just going to be yeah. abysmal, right? Um, and if you do not have good results... I assure you that it is likely because your team has this dysfunction. Yeah, that is a, that is a hard. I mean, now again, I I don't know why I keep maybe maybe I had enough teammates grabbing my jersey telling <laughs> me to step it up, but I do think that when that trust is there, and I'm not just you're not just trying to look better by making me look bad or anything like that. It is really we want to hit this BHAG. Or we want to, uh, and for a reminder, it's a that's a big, hairy, audacious goal. <laughs> we we want to we want to hit this big, hairy, audacious goal, um, and we care enough about it that we're we're kind of getting in each other's faces. All right, so you mentioned the advantage too, and and I think the the podcast is called the um, the advantage of true culture or something like that, and and it's where I where I relate it to where I relate to culture to Twinkies, um, but but I, I recommend you listen to that one. So. Let's get into how you excuse me use certain principles from that book as well. Talk to us, and this is something that I'm obsessed with lately. I'm doing a lot of cluster leader trainings, a lot of market leader trainings. This is kind of my new pet project, and it probably will be through the annual meeting and through all of next year. And that's the importance of creating clarity of expectations for your teams. Yes. As leaders, um, I think it's one of our most important jobs to communicate so clearly that yeah. we cannot be misunderstood. And we think we're clear. We, we always we're think not. we're clear, yeah. right? Um, I've I, realized I, that I, about I, me. This is the second time I'm bringing my wife into this conversation, right? But <laughs> I think I'm being clear, but she understands me completely a different way. Than I'd I. like to put in a caveat here. I'm really sorry about what this does to your marriage. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I... I think we want to get from X to Y by uh, when we pull these levers. Yeah. Right? So, so this whole concept of of a lot of times people will say, "I've got to do better on my rev building my revenues or or my spe expense mm -hmm. controls or something like that." Clarity means, like you just said, we're going to get from X to Y by when, mm -hmm. and the way we're going to do it is by pulling these levers. And I would even throw in there, sorry to cut you off, I would even throw in there, and if we achieve this, these are the consequences. And if we don't achieve this, these are the consequences. All the clarity is up front. Yeah, yeah. And we should communicate this culturally, clinically, and financially on yeah. all levels, right? Um, everyone should know, like what you mentioned all the time, you discussed this too, but- It's been uh, a while. Yeah, everyone should know <laughs> what green and clean is. Yeah. And I'm spirited about that, yeah, right? Good. Um, because you have to develop a vision centered around overall results and over-communicate that vision in all aspects of what you do. Yeah. And that, that's not just, I'm doing a meeting and everybody should know now, right? Yeah. That's stand-up. 
that's all staff, that's in services, that's at holiday parties, that's at your BHAG celebrations, that's at your one-on-ones, right? The list goes on. There's an example of this. Sorry to cut you off. There's an example of this in Kansas and the market leader is, you know, the the beginning of the year, he says, this is the year of Emerald. Emerald Mm -hmm. has has struggled Mm -hmm. and they said, this is what we're going to do and this is going to be. And every communication he has, that's the end of his the 2023 is the year of Emerald, 2023. Mm-hmm. And it's it's repeated and repeated. They know the expectations that are there. Mm-hmm. And some might laugh and say, okay, that's a little much. And we're saying, no, 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 no. The, but the, it is not much, right? It's yeah. something that we always talk about. I mean, as EDs and DONs, we're always taught um, to utilize scoreboards for ourselves and our performance, yeah. right? Um, but people just generally want to be held accountable, right? And this yeah. is why we have scoreboards in sports. Yeah. Um, like basketball. Yeah. Uh, or taekwondo. Or ta- Actually, there are. <laughs> I know, it, it is a scoring I know, system. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I just don't know how it works. <laughs> and now I don't want to fight you either yeah. <laughs> before I did. Um, so, if, <laughs> anyways, if you, if you show your department heads the numbers and collaborate with them on what these goals um, to achieve are, yeah. um, and you show them what PPDs are, right, and you work with them, yeah. then their work becomes more meaningful and they want to achieve. It's one of the signs of a miserable job, right? It's it's that immeasurement. If we don't see those measurements, then then we're going to be miserable. Yeah. And, and, And I know... Some people will say, well, I, is it micromanaging? It, it really isn't, right? No. Being a chief reminding officer yeah. and being that person, I mean, that is not micromanaging. Um, it is just something that we need to get better at. And someone who's really good at this um, is Kevin Nickham. Because um, mm. when you hear Kevin Nickham, at yeah. least in Flagstone South, yeah. Uh, you know right away that he's his name is associated with Part B. Yeah, right? it's like his little pet project It, it thing. is. It yeah. is. Um, he's the Part B guru. And uh, the reason why is because he over-communicates this, right? And he yeah. creates clarity around where we need to go and the vision behind Part B and why and the development of it, right? And believe me, when he first came into Momentum... First of all, Momentum was doing okay uh-huh. with Part B metrics. And, we're, and then Kevin was saying, no, you haven't arrived yet. We <laughs> have seen this. This is what you can do. We could do this way better, right? Yeah. We pushed back. There was healthy conflict. Yeah. There was debate. But then ultimately, Kevin continually just helped us see the light. And then we were able to I, develop. I, I think There's a couple of things I think of from that. One, you, you say it's not micromanagement. And I, I'd say, but yeah, I mean, I agree. That's almost like saying the the scoreboard keeper is micromanaging you by showing you the score. Mm-hmm. If you're constantly showing him the score. The other thing it makes me think of is you talk about Kevin Nickham. And this, this is particularly true when you go in and try and change the culture of an operation. If you just sort of dip your foot in the pool... The, the culture and the systems will reject you. It's kind of mm-hmm. like the flu vaccine, mm-hmm. right? If you inject a little bit of flu, antibodies rise up and they defeat it. And mm-hmm. that's the whole purpose of injecting just a little bit. If you don't go in with both feet and say, look, this is how we're going to be. This is what we're going to do. You're going to get rejected and you're going to get pushback. Mm-hmm. So it's a good thing that Kevin did, uh, you know, uh, believe in that so much that he fought for it, even though, you know, people were against it. You really have to do that as a leader, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so after we establish the clarity, right? This is now back to the advantage that we we establish the clarity. We're told we need to reinforce the clarity through our systems. Um, so how do you go about doing that? Well, 
you reinforce clarity through team goals and metric-driven incentives. Uh, I touched upon this slightly earlier. Um, So if you say you're all about customer second and you're communicating that, how do your systems reinforce that, right? Um, Develop goals and team celebrations is my answer. And uh, we in Momentum are trying to be better at this as a whole as well. Um, It's just because... Uh, whether it's just the department heads or the whole facility, uh, everybody likes to celebrate when they hit their goals. Yeah, right? we like to celebrate yeah. when we hit our goals. You right, like to when party. We, yeah. yeah, I've heard that about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm still in college. That's yeah. why. That's right. <laughs> Anyways, but you want to make these celebrations something the whole team is excited about too. Yeah. So it's not something. Again, um, we, we're shying away from the concept of you coming in and saying, hey, this is what we're going to do, and this is going to be your celebration, right? Yeah. Even this component is up for discussion with your teams, right? And, and if you're talking about customer second, the celebrations and the goals have to do with customer second. This is how you're saying the systems back the clarity that yes. you provided. Okay. And and these goals, I, I need to make sure that everybody understands that these yeah. goals need to be measurable and based on meaningful metrics that have financial, clinical, and cultural impact, yeah. right? If you're making goals that don't even touch up on any of these areas, I don't know what you're doing. Maybe you just want to celebrate, but you could do it in a much more meaningful way, right? Yeah. Um, and again... Part of keeping these goals alive are that you have to continually discuss this, right? You yeah. have to talk it, uh, talk about them in your meetings, stand up, right? Because nothing is more unimpactful than goals that are set but forgotten, yeah. right? Which is very co- – I know there's a lot of oh. people listening saying that's what we struggle with. It happens all the time. And yeah. not only even at the facility level but at the market level, right? You, yeah. you set goals and then a quarter down – Everybody's like, okay, we set goals. What what were they again? Yeah, and yeah. The, and then the dial didn't move, right? See that yeah. that kills me. That we have I, there's a couple of organizations or, or teams that I work with where we've said recently, at the beginning of every meeting, we're going to point out what's what's our variance report. This is what we said we were going to do. This is what we're actually doing. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the variance and how we're going to fix that. And and if that's constantly in front of us, again, it might be repetitious. You might you might even roll your eyes a little bit. Oh my gosh, are we talking about this again? Mm-hmm. But no, everybody should know. Everybody on your team should know what is their green and clean. Yes. Right. What is it that they're trying to achieve, and are they achieving it? And if not, why not? And what different levers do they need to pull? Do we need to add another day to to turning on the sprinklers? Mm-hmm. Whatever it may be, mm-hmm. there's got to be absolute clarity there. Um, I, uh, you know, and I've said this in the past, you know, that we should all be a CRO. I, I honestly think there are few things more important than for leaders to be repetitious. And and again, I get mocked for being repetitious all the time. <laughs> you kind of mocked me. You're always talking about green and clean. You know, <laughs> yeah. I am repetitious. I get that. But they need to live and breathe and eat and sleep this vision and, and those expectations, right? Just I I think a good thing to do is if you're listening and you're operating a facility, ask yourself, if I walked into your facility and asked questions of your teams on your expectations, how clearly could they answer? Mm -hmm. How clear are they? What what the I mean, am I if I'm going to say, what is your green and clean? What is it that you're trying to accomplish here? Are they just going to tell me? Well, we're supposed to clock in and out for lunch and uh, make sure we take our breaks and right. (laughs) There should be absolute clarity. We want this call light response time. We want this customer service feedback result. We want this census or even this EBIT. 
Uh, every single one should be able to answer clearly. So, and I, you know, finally, and before we conclude here, I, I know you love to have a real focus on cultural development, right? And it, I can't say the word culture without feeling a need to clarify here that culture is everything we've been talking about. Culture is not, Caplico is not soft and cuddly and warm and, and, it's, it's peer accountability. It's a culture of rigorous accountability. It's a culture of transparency. So culture is all of those things. So what, what would you advise there when it comes to cultural development? You can't forego it. Okay. All okay. right. Good. That's, that's <laughs> um, simple enough. <laughs> I know. So do it. <laughs> you, you have to do it. Um, but, but people, maybe they feel like they don't have time. No, it's the first first thing to go, right? Because yeah. we have yeah. so many clinical and financial pressures, cultural development is one of the first things to go, yeah. right? So you have to make sure that you don't forego it, right? Yeah. Um, I know we have talked about this in previous points, but I, I want to focus on it here so we don't fail. Yeah. This can't be something we do when we have time, right? <laughs> we have to make time for this and make it, it a priority. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, far too many leaders forego cultural development of the team and only focus on the financial and clinical aspects. And this is a horrible mistake, right? Because yeah. this is like building a house on a sandy foundation. Yeah. But it's right? a really nice house. It, it is an, it, it'll be a nice house for, <laughs> for a little bit. Until right? it rains. Yeah, until, until something happens, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I, however, I need to clarify that a cultural focus is not just about the feel-good feeling yeah, like you mentioned. The Twinkie culture. Um, and because... Again, when you talk about this, that's the first thing that comes up, right? Um, yeah. But you need to develop your culture in ways we discussed on this podcast, right? And many of the podcasts before, right? Yeah. Um, you must build a culture built around delivering great patient care and achieving great results, yeah. right? Um, you, you can do this through practical things like book readings. The same books that we read, right, and are, are given on annual yeah. meeting, why can't you read that with your department heads? And right? I, lo I love when teams read them and don't just do like book reports. They read them and then say, okay, hey, after this chapter, our next meeting, we want to talk about where we're failing in this. Mm -hmm. What do we need to get better at? And they lead to real discussions. Yes. And yeah. and and. I, I've seen these discussions go really well when leaders give their department heads free reign as to how they're going to lead those discussions, yeah. right? So yeah. it's not just a presentation. Some people right. come in and oh. they 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 do a skit, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, skit. So yeah, no, yeah, we, I've seen that actually. <laughs> so, um, but incorporate regular leadership trainings and team building events, both in and out of the facility, and that's another example you could do aside from the book readings, right? Yeah. Um, uh, maybe implement leadership cooking for all departments, right? We've seen that. Yeah, what does that mean? Uh, I, so uh, I've we have facilities that uh, spend time every week cooking for different departments, oh, right? interesting. And I, I know that's more of the feel-good culture development that we said, uh -huh. I mean, isn't just culture, but right. that, but that, that is still necessary because yeah. then the facility feels, okay, everybody cares about me, right? And people that I work with care about me yeah. right then in that case that's perpetuating that culture of this is my home and this is not a workplace right um that is huge yeah. I'll, I'll tell you jesse and i you know again i don't if you have any other thoughts you're welcome to share them but i i see the teams where they're just together and it's not necessarily i mean some of the systems are good and they're really good at their orientations and all these things that i love and that are really important but when it comes down to it i ask them you know, why is it that you guys are so knit together? And they, they'll say things like, 
when someone's having a baby, we throw a baby shower. When somebody's moving, mm-hmm. we're all there helping them move. When when somebody has a, a a dance recital or whatever it may be, we're just we're all in with each other. And when you develop those relationships of people that will walk through walls for each other, mm-hmm. it's amazing what you can accomplish. Turning around a facility is hard. If you're going to do that, you're not going to do that by barking strong orders. You're going to do that by creating a team, giving them ownership, having them take pride in it, and then them changing that facility. Yes. And doing everything you just mentioned makes everybody feel like they're part of a family or something bigger, right? And we we all want to be part of a family and something bigger. As human beings, we we strive for that, right? Um, And if you're feeling it, then your team is feeling it, right? So I think our organization does a really good job of making the EDs and the DONs feel like family, right? We need to make sure we are doing that at the facility level. Well, thanks, Jesse, for doing this. I I hope people are able to listen as they prepare to go into new operations. Or maybe you've been in an operation for a long time and think, no, this this still needs to turn around. And and hopefully you can take some of these principles and and, uh, really help you know, turn the facility from what it is to what it should be. So thanks for coming. I appreciate it. You thanks did a for good job. Me, and thanks to Jesse's wife, who hopefully uh, <laughs> is still okay after all of this. Uh, two plugs. <laughs> so she's going to listen to this and she's going to be rolling her eyes. Thank you, Clay. Check. <laughs>